Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming to be with us for our Christmas carol service. Uh, I realize that we probably have fewer people here tonight than we would uh, most years, but these are not normal times. So thank you to you for coming and uh, for taking the time to come and to worship the Lord for the birth of a Savior. Uh, if you're visiting here, a, a very special welcome to you. My name is Duncan. I'm the pastor here. If we haven't met before, please come and introduce yourself. I would love to get to know you. And there is an opportunity to do that after the service. We will be serving tea and coffee. Um, but just to be clear, um, you'll be able to collect your tea and coffee from the hatch. And then the tea and coffee needs to be consumed at the tables through in the sports hall. Uh, and it's there and only there that you have permission to remove your face covering. So just to flag that up at the very start and keep that in mind. Um, our service tonight is, is going to, to run on its own. So you'll need to, you need to pay some attention this evening. In general, in fact, not in general, here's the rule. We will stand to sing and we'll sit down for everything else. I think that will hold true. Um, and what we'll do is we'll sing carols, we'll have some readings, and hopefully it'll be an evening that just flows. I want to also at this point extend an invitation to you. We have uh, cards out in the foyer which um, have a list of the things that we're planning to do next weekend. Um, I deliberately say planning because things can change over the course of a week, but we're planning to hold services over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and on Boxing Day. And if you're able to join with us, you'd be very welcome to come to any of those. So let me just start by praying for us and then we'll get into our first Christmas carol for this evening. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that we can come together like this, that we can come to what is a time of celebration, to remember that you sent your Son into this world to be our Savior. And I pray that as we sing and as we hear your words, that we would be reminded of just how remarkable, how amazing this thing is that we're remembering tonight, that Jesus Christ would become one of us in order to save us. Help us to worship him tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One more reading for you this evening, which is found in John chapter 1, where we started, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. You underestimate people at your peril. I think this especially applies in the world of sport, but not exclusively. How many times has a, a champion boxer stepped into the ring expecting that all he had to do was turn up to win the fight? And the rather, uh, the less than athletic looking guy knocks him to the floor. How often in the world of football if you're old enough, you can remember that Wimbledon once won the FA Cup by beating Liverpool in the final. You underestimate people at your peril. I was invited to play golf once with an 83-year-old man. <sighs> he schooled me. 
you underestimate people at your peril. And we do this all the time with God, all the time. Right here in this room, we're underestimating God, and it's to our great peril. In what sort of ways might we underestimate Him? How about this? Some of us think of God as a harsh head teacher. He's always on the prowl, looking to catch you out in some mistake that you've made. Punishment is certain. There is no mercy. Others of us think of God as some kind of perfectionist, someone who asks us to do things for Him, but is always picking fault with our best efforts. It's never quite good enough. Some of us think of God as a disappointment. We had all these grand hopes and plans for what our lives would look like. We had these great ambitions, and it just seems that God takes pleasure in making me not fulfill those ambitions. God is a disappointment. Or some of us perhaps think of God as a joy killer. Sure, God wants us to come to Him in faith, but only so that He can make our lives miserable for whatever's left of them. Any of those describe you? Maybe on some days they describe me. These kind of thoughts of God, they, they're, they're paltry, aren't they? They make this God who we've been singing to tonight, they make him sound paltry, they make him sound petty, they make him sound miserly, they make him sound bland. And I would say to you, if that is your concept of God tonight, do not worship it, because this is not who God is. In all of those things, we have small thoughts of God. We make God to be just like a, just a, 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 like a bigger human, like a human just on a bigger scale, just as petty as we are, just as harsh as we are. And especially tonight, especially this time of year, we are in real danger of thinking small thoughts about God and about Jesus especially. Because we, we hear about uh, Mary laying her baby gentle and mild in the manger. And we love to think of Jesus as this gentle and mild little baby. Nothing warms up the hearth than a little nativity scene with the obligatory baby Jesus. We have small thoughts of Him. But the readings that we've had from John's Gospel tonight are there to help us not to have small thoughts about God, not to underestimate Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the baby in the manger, but John, as he opens up his Gospel, he says to us, this this one who we're speaking of, he is the Word who was in the beginning. He is the Word who is God. He is the Word through whom everything was made, and everything finds its purpose in this one. Yes, in this baby in the manger. This is amazing stuff. As we look into this manger and we see this familiar scene, we see this small baby, the Bible is telling us that what you're looking at is the all-powerful, all-knowing reason for the universe, 
there lying helpless in the manger. The one who is bigger than our imagination in every conceivable way is there lying helpless in the manger. And so if that is the true identity of this baby, we have to say, why? I mean, no one who's big chooses to be small. No one who's powerful chooses to be weak. No one who's rich chooses to be poor. But this is what we're confronted with at Christmas. Well, that second reading from John's Gospel gives us something of the why. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us to make God known. John says, no one has ever seen God, but the only God, i.e. the Word, who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. And what is it that He described Jesus as being full of? He's full of grace and truth. Grace is giving someone something they don't deserve. And this is the entirety of the message of the Bible. It's a message of grace, where God comes down to give us something we don't deserve, to rescue us from our sins. It is as God looks on at the mess of our world and the mess of our lives that God intervenes to turn it all around. And not simply to give us what we want, but to give us what we need. To give us forgiveness of sins. All of the things that we have done, all of the decisions that we've made that take us away from God instead of to Him, all of the choices we've made that are all about making me get what I want rather than what God wants, all of those things which keep us away from God are the things that Jesus has come to remove. And he does that not simply by being laid in a manger, gentle and mild, but by growing, by living, by dying. This is the one who came to live the life that you and I have not lived and to die the death that you and I deserve. This is why God would become small. And it's precisely because this is what Jesus has done, a life that would lead him all the way to the cross, where he would die a death he did not deserve, but that you and I did. This is why we must never be tempted to think small thoughts about Jesus, however small he might appear on our mantelpiece right now. And so rather than being a harsh head teacher, Jesus comes and he says, I've not come to condemn the world, but to save it. Rather than being a perfectionist, Jesus comes to say, God is perfect, but God knows that you cannot live a perfect life, and so I will live it in your place. Rather than being a a God who always disappoints us and never lets us live out the plans and hopes that we have, God's not letting us down. Instead, God says, come in. Come in here and see that you are part, not of what your hopes and ambitions might have been, 
but what my plans are. Let me bring you into something even more magnificent than you could imagine. My plans to save people from their sins, people from every tribe and nation and language. Rather than being a joy killer, no, Jesus comes and he reframes all of life for us and says and reveals to us the things we know, the things you think will bring you joy are so often the things that bring you heartache and misery and disappointment. No, Jesus comes to say, I can bring you true joy because I can restore you to what life was meant to be. You were made to know God and to enjoy him forever. And this is where you will find true joy. We are living in a day and at this time of year where Christmas is big, but Jesus is small. And if that describes you, if that describes me, then we do so at our peril. Underestimate people at your peril. Underestimate Jesus Christ and you could miss the whole reason for life. Don't underestimate what Jesus can do, particularly when you come to him. Whoever you might be today, whatever baggage you've carried with you through the door today, however much you're weighed down by the guilt of, of, the, of your past, however unworthy you might think you could ever be of approaching God, this is the message. Do not underestimate what Jesus can do. He can bring someone like me he can bring someone like you, cleanse them, give them a new heart, give them a new appetite, give them new life, a life that knows God. Jesus has come to give us hope. Hope is a popular word round about Christmas, but I think so often we forget or don't know what that word really means. We hope that that forecast for snow at the end of the week doesn't come about. That kind of hope, no, much better than that. A sure and a certain future. A future with God. In this church, uh, in the new year, we are planning to uh, run a short course which is called Hope Explored. It uh, looks at what the Christian message is and what what in particular the Christian message says about the hope we can have. What certainty do we have that there is a brighter day coming? Are we simply waiting for the next news cycle? Or does the Christian faith give us something secure in Jesus? Don't underestimate Jesus. Don't underestimate what he can do in transforming your life. And if anyone would be interested in, in finding out more about that, please do speak to me. Uh, but you don't have to wait until January. Jesus Christ has come, and he extends that invitation to you today to come to him, to find hope, to find meaning, to find God. And we can help you with that. We can help you to come honestly before God and to trust your life to him. Thanks for being with us tonight. We're going to sing one more carol, and then I will pray for us and then our carol service will be finished. Thank you. Um, thank you to you. Let me just pray for you. Father, we thank you for, uh, Lord, for all that we've remembered here tonight, Lord, these, uh, these carols, these readings. Uh, Lord, we're very familiar with them, some of us. Uh, 
But we pray, Lord, that that would never take away the wonder of how, how, how the living God, the one whom heaven cannot contain, would become the infant lying in the manger. Oh, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is the promised Savior, a Savior for all kinds of people. And we pray, Father, that each one of us would know him and the joy that comes from knowing him so that this might truly be a season where we celebrate Christ at Christmas. Bless each one. Bless us into this new week, Father. We don't know what's going to happen this week, but we're in your hands. We pray you'd keep us trusting in Jesus, trusting in the hope that we have in him. And Lord, that you would bless each one of us here now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us.